Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. That's right, football fans and Dolph fans, we finally made it. It is draft day. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the April the 25th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show... It is, in fact, draft day. We are going to make one last spin around the league and discuss the biggest headlines ahead of tonight's first round, plus the final notes and storylines for the Miami Dolphins, my top five players by rounds for the Finns, the Twitter mailbag, headlines I want to see and don't want to see, and I'll finish up by telling you what I want to happen and what I think will happen tonight All of that and much more, but first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya Podcast app on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Tuned In, Spotify, however you get your podcasts, go ahead and subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter, it's at NFL. once voted the best follow on Dolphins Twitter, and the show at LockedOnFins and LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the entire Locked On Network. And if you haven't caught up yet, go back and listen to me and the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network on the Locked On NFL Podcast for our extravaganza mock draft spectacular. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and kick this bad boy off. That's another Miami Dolphins So the storylines ahead of tonight's draft always are the thing that makes it the most exciting. What's going to happen? How much chaos will ensue? And it starts at the very top with Kyler Murray. Will the Cardinals select the Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winner? That sets in motion the rest of the dominoes for the draft. And that brings me really to the main storyline. Who is quarterback two and where does he go? Is it Dwayne Haskins? Is Washington really going to get crazy and come all the way up for Daniel freaking Jones? Will the Raiders select Haskins or Drew Locke at number four? What are the Giants going to do? Are the Bengals or Dolphins going to get involved? That quarterback number two and those quarterback needy teams who could look next year to Tua Tungavailoa is the number one storyline for today's draft. My estimation is that somebody comes up and drafts Dwayne Haskins in the top five via a trade. That's my prediction. The next one, where does this offensive line glut get broken up at? Because we got Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard, Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bradbury, Cody Ford, and Chris Lindstrom all form a very strong nucleus of offensive linemen, and it's difficult to break up that group for who's the best, who's the worst, and what happens in between. I think that run could dictate the middle to the end of the first round. Just as my storyline number three does, where does the defensive back glut begin, and how does it get broken up? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jonathan Abram, Nasir Adderley, Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy, DeAndre Baker, where do these guys go? I believe this run starts somewhere in the 20s, and I think that defense back 
an offensive line run after the defensive line run that is sure to happen in the top 10 will really dictate what's available in round two and alter teams' draft plans, especially the Miami Dolphins. Storyline number four, it's got to be Josh Rosen, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, because whereas other dominoes at other positions take place at a much smaller scale, the fact that there are only 32 quarterbacks that get a play every single Sunday makes each one of those dominoes massive, and Josh Rosen can really set in motion the entire dictation of the pace of this draft, depending on where he goes or where he doesn't go. It's a big-time storyline, and my number five of the first round here is Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Who is going to be the team to take the gamble on the injured prospect, the top five talent with a domestic violence history in his background? Those are my top five general storylines. Let's go ahead and shift gears here because this is a Dolphins podcast, even though today is an NFL holiday, a sports fan holiday. This is still the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And my final notes are this. The trade down is the thing that everybody is talking about, but where does that partner come from? You have to find two to tango, to quote Billy Madison, and I think Miami can find that tango partner in one of three teams. We've talked a lot about the Houston Texans at pick number 23. They have back-to-back picks in round number two at 54 and 55. One of those picks would look fantastic in Chris Greer's back pocket, along with the 23rd pick in the draft in the first round. That would be a home run, but also via the Albert Breer column that made a lot of good points, a lot of good nuggets up available on sportsillustrated.com. But he made a note that every NFL team around the league is going to peak at other teams' visits just as I have been doing up on LockedOnDolphins.com with the Dolphins' visits in particular. But other teams will scope out the other teams around the league and who they are having in for visits trying to determine patterns based upon which team or position, rather, those teams will go after. And Breer notes that the Panthers and Vikings hosted seven and eight offensive linemen out of their 30 allotted visits, the special visits where they come to your facility, almost half of those teams' visits were on the offensive line. So at pick 16 for the Panthers, at pick 18 for the Vikings, it seems more likely than not that those teams will go after offensive line help, and that's right in the wheelhouse where this offensive line class really begins to heat up in those teens. I think Panthers, Vikings, Texans make a ton of sense for the Dolphins to trade back if somebody wants to come up. Hope for Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, Garrett Bradbury, all those guys to be on the board so Miami can pick and choose their offers. The next note is that Greedy Williams, there is some rumblings around the league, and he hasn't taken any visits to any team, which is very strange and very odd. The NFL thinks that Greedy Williams, and this is per Albert Breer, that he might not be 100% into the whole playing football thing, maybe for the fame and the fortune and the playmaking skill set on Saturdays and Sundays, but maybe not for the Monday through Saturday grind that is required for each of these guys. Unless you are uber, uber talented, you're not going to get by coasting on your talent at this level. If that's the case, Breer says that Greedy Williams could fall out of the first round altogether. Two more nuggets. These come from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. He says the Dolphins still want more speed at running back and wide receiver. Is that truthful? I don't know. I still don't think they go after those positions on day one or day two. I think they'll circle back on day three for a running back, and I think they'll go after receivers in the undrafted free agent portion. He also mentions, Barry Jackson that is, 
that the Dolphins could pass entirely on Dwayne Haskins at pick 13. If he is there, they are going to stay true to their board. Again, who knows how much of this is legitimate on this day, the ultimate day of poker in the NFL. It's so much fun. I cannot wait to see what happens. And let's go ahead and extend this first segment here and talk about a piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com written by yours truly. This podcast is going to be beefy. I'm going to talk fast and get through it all because there is so much to talk about on this April 25th draft day in the NFL. And this piece, top five players by round for the Dolphins, written by yours truly. I think these are the players the Dolphins will really be interested in at each round. And it takes a look at the cumulative value of each position and positions of need for the Miami Dolphins at each spot in this draft. In the first round, two offensive tackles, Jonah Williams, Jawan Taylor, a safety in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a center in Garrett Bradbury, a defensive end, and Chase Winovich. At round number two, Chris Lindstrom, the guard, defensive end Charles Amenahu, and LJ Collier out of Texas and TCU, safety Jonathan Abram, and safety Darnell Savage. In round three, the center out of Mississippi State, Elton Jenkins, defensive end Zach Allen, Defensive tackle Tristan Hill out of UCF, linebacker Blake Cashman from Minnesota, and cornerback David Long from Michigan. All of these guys, I think, will be heavy on Miami's radar for the same reasons we've talked about over the course of the last few months. They prioritize football, they work hard, they test well athletically, and they're going to be good characters in the locker room. And we'll stop it there because, to me, the Dolphins have two choices, two avenues to explore, and everybody wants to keep telling me defensive line will be an, will be a priority And I could see that being the case, but I've talked about it time and time again. The defensive line, the pass rushers in this defense, it's not about your one-on-one prowess. It's about setting the edge, playing the run on the way to the quarterback, and staying true to your gap integrity, to your assignment, and being a team effort to rush the quarterback and affect the quarterback in the passing game that way. And for that reason, I think Miami will have a higher emphasis on the offensive line and the safety position in the defensive backfield because right now, There are three defensive backs in the long-term plans that I feel good about in Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, and Bobby McCain. The rest are kind of up in the air with their future in Miami or just haven't arrived as good players in the league yet. I think that on the offensive line and at that position in the secondary, Miami could either really make the secondary one of the best in the NFL and strengthen that unit, which gives you basically half of what a good football team is if you can really dictate things on the defensive backfield, Or you can go on the offensive side, and to me, you can get two starters on the offensive line, plug and play day one starters with pick 13, with pick 48, even better if you do it with the first round trade back and solidify two positions, 40% of your offensive line, and become this ground and pound team that wears teams down in the South Florida heat, controls the pace of the game, and then once you drop that quarterback in in 2020, his job is way easier, and if you find a winner in the mold of a Russell Wilson Tom Brady, whatever it might be, if you find that quarterback who can put the ball in his hands with the final two minutes of the game, you can win a lot of football games with that formula, and I do believe that Brian Flores will love that formula for Miami. So offensive line or secondary, I think that has to be the two primary focuses in the first two days of this draft, and of course, the defensive line does have some holes, but I just think the other two will be higher priorities for this team. We are going to come back on this podcast, a mega podcast, and get to the Twitter mailbag, talk more about these round-by-round projections, get you guys up to date on trade-down scenarios, everything still ahead here, Locked On Dolphins podcast, draft preview edition, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins.
cannot wait to hear this music overlapped over some highlight videos of college prospects coming into the NFL. The best day of the year, in my opinion, draft day. It really supersedes opening day in the Super Bowl. Maybe even a Dolphins playoff game? I don't know. I've only seen two in the last two decades, so what the hell do I know? I just know that draft day is the best. I cannot wait for it to get here. Let's continue on this podcast here and talk about the rest of these players by round up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Top five players by round for Miami in the 2019 NFL Draft. A lot of guys you've heard me talk about over the last few months. We go back to round number four with Justin Hollins out of Oregon. Chuma Adoga, the tackle from USC. I think both those guys could start and play a lot as rookies. Lamont Gilliard out of Georgia, possibly more of a developmental prospect and competition for Dan Kilgore at center, outside backer Ben Bonogu out of TCU, and safety out of Kentucky Mike Edwards. In the fifth round, James Williams, quarterback Brett Rippon, defensive end Max Crosby. I added a guard, Hal J. Froholt out of Arkansas. He is Dutch, and he looks pretty good as a developmental guy. And wide receiver David Sills. I'm going to leave the rest of that for you guys to check out. I explained each of those players in that article up on LOD.com. Let's go ahead and change gears here, though, and talk about my other piece on Lockdown Dolphins dolphins.com where I explored the last three times the Dolphins traded up or down in the first round of the NFL draft and we go back to 2013 which was the worst offseason for my money in Dolphins history the famed I got a lot of money and a lot of picks from Jeff Ireland and he blew every single one of them the Dolphins took a good deal in terms of the trade value giving up only the 42nd pick in the draft to go from 12 to 3 they selected Deion Jordan the Raiders selected DJ Hayden and that was the rest of that pretty much everybody lost on that deal so it doesn't always work out for either team the previous trade though the one that I think brings or the one that really inspired this article was the last time the Dolphins traded back and they picked up the additional second rounder going from the 12th pick in the 2010 draft all the way back to 28th and scooping up a second round draft pick. The Chargers landed Ryan Matthews. We thought Miami could have taken Earl Thomas right there. They later came back and got Rashad Jones and we basically could have had the Legion of Boom with Rashad Jones and Earl Thomas opposed to Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor in Seattle. The Dolphins wind up getting Jared Audrick, who signed a second contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars, never quite lived up to first round billing in Miami and they came back in round two with Co- Amisi, the linebacker who was always injured, a good player when healthy, but always injured. So trading back doesn't always work. You could miss out on an elite talent just to be forewarned. That's a possibility in tonight's draft as well. And the last time before that, the Dolphins went up one spot back in the 04 draft to get Vernon Carey. They gave up a fourth round draft pick to go from 20 to 19. The Vikings selected Keneche Oduze, the defensive end that I butchered the name, and a running back, Moel De Moore with those two picks acquired from the Dolphins. So the point of all this is that trades, they are just like the rest of the draft. It's entirely a crapshoot. Who knows what will happen? That's what makes it fun. And with that, let's go ahead here and jump into the Twitter mailbag. You guys know the drill. I put the call out on Twitter for questions. You guys respond. I answer as many as I can on the podcast. Let's go ahead and do that here. First question comes from Dange Jared. He is at Dange Dange 86. What are three positions the Dolphins must draft this year to set up success for a 2020 quarterback? Look, you can go out and get two offensive linemen, 
I think that can complete 60% of your starting offensive line with Laramie Tunzel and hopefully somebody else. Chris Reed is a starter as well. You'd have 80% of the offensive line, which in today's NFL is fantastic. And if we're focusing on the offense, I'll stay there and go with another pass catching running back to give that quarterback multiple options out of the backfield. That's the Patriot way. I think that's what Chad O'Shea will do in Miami as well. So two offensive linemen and a late round running back that can contribute right away. Next question here comes from Texas Dolphins fan. He is at Texas Dolphins fan. Easy enough. Not only for Dolphins, but other teams. Is this the most unpredictable NFL draft you've seen? Yeah, it totally is as far as the Dolphins goes because I usually have a decent idea of how they'll go. Now, Jawan James was a total curveball to me in that first round, and I think we knew Devontae Parker was a good pick. Laramie Tunzel, or was going to be the pick, rather. Laramie Tunzel was obvious. Charles Harris was a a guy they were very into that year as well, and Minka Fitzpatrick was very obvious last year. And the lack of quarterback production, I think, in this draft is what makes it so unpredictable. For me, it's as crazy as I can recall. Next question comes from E. He is at Philaper. After May 9th, do you see Miami signing any free agent? Danny Shelton, for example. And that's the best example you can offer right there. I think that he'd be a fantastic fit in the middle of that defense for goal line heavy packages. And when the Dolphins want to run out that 5-2 and place big beefy Danny Shelton right over the middle of the quarterback and the center, I think that would be a very solid addition to this Dolphins team. Next question here comes from Allen. He's at Maderos Allen. If you had the pick, who would you draft good, sir? Kyler Murray's my guy. I love Jonathan Abram and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Chase Winovich is in there. I'm going to talk more about this later, but that's pretty much the crop of guys that I'm looking at. Next question comes from Mr. Stubborn at Abduarte underscore one. Could you see a scenario where Miami trades completely out of the first round? If so, what would be the desired amount of draft picks to consider moving out of round one successful? I think you have to look at a 2020 first round draft pick. Maybe that team will give you their second round pick this year and a first round pick next year and really load that stock up for a chance to move up and get your quarterback next year. I think if you're going to get out of the first round, you have to get repaid by a first rounder, which would come next year. Next question from Sean Snoozer. He is at Sean Snoozer on Twitter. Easy enough. If we were to trade down and gain an extra second round pick, would you feel like this team could afford to draft a receiver, tight end, or running back in round one? Yeah, I do, because I think that I'm less beholden to the idea of positional drafting in this class or any class for that matter. And if they find a guy who's a good player in round one, like if they drafted Randy Moss, for instance, or if they drafted Rob Gronkowski in the first round, is anybody going to care in three years when that guy's an all pro? No, just draft good football players. Everything else will work out. And the extra pick makes that way easier to happen. Next question here comes from Rick Bastida at Rick B underscore Finns fan. And I apologize for the awful Spanish accent. Is there anything the Dolphins can do tomorrow that will make you throw in the towel? Nothing obvious like trading up in the first for Daniel Jones. That's the one right there, Rick. That would make me really question my entire life if they went out and got Daniel Jones, especially if they traded up for him. And since we just talked about it with receivers and running backs, I think that going after DK Metcalf would really make me consider throwing in the towel all things together because he's not even my favorite receiver in this class. And I could see the testing metrics really making the Dolphins attracted to him. I just don't like the lack of fluidity in his route running. So I'll say DK Metcalf would be the one. It's going to be tough for them to mess this up. There's going to be a lot of good options there. I really have a hard time seeing them making a pick that will piss off the fan base as long as it's not a quarterback. Next question from Aaron Herman at DE underscore Herman. 
or Aaron rather, why should the Dolphins draft a safety high? Lots of cheap talent and free agency. O-line and D-line talented free agents are rare and expensive. Any thoughts on focusing on the trenches and looking at free agency for safety depth? That's actually a great point and probably the best counterpoint to my incessant need to go out and get defensive backs in this draft because you mentioned it, the safeties are cheaper in free agency than other positions, whereas defensive ends, we saw it with Trey Flowers and Frank Clark. Those guys get paid. They get paid, son. And so safeties do not, but they still, the Dolphins, that is, are going to have to have two or three more guys in the secondary because right now, I don't believe they can play a football game with the current makeup of this defensive backfield that they have. I want guys that can contribute in the long term and be part of a Legion of Boom type of secondary. I want to make it the strongest secondary in football because that's the best way to win on defense, especially in this scheme where you're going to have three safeties play 60% or more of the snaps, two cornerbacks play 100% of the snaps, and another cornerback that plays 70 to 75% of the snaps. That's six defensive backs that play 60% or more of your snaps. That's why you make it a focus on draft day. Next question here from Alex Blair at Kayser Finfan. If Miami trades down and these guys are on the board in the 20s, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jonathan Abram, who do you think they take? Man, that is a fantastic question. I think CGJ gives them the best versatility as far as being able to use he and Minka Fitzpatrick in interchangeable roles. Both those guys can cover the slot. Both those guys can play single high. Jonathan Abram is a punishing hitter. The Rashad Jones type of guy that can rob the hook zones, the dig routes from the backside of the formation, the over routes, and blitz the edge and play the run. So I will take CGJ just because I think he's more versatile and compliments Fitzpatrick better, but I will dance naked in the streets if either of those picks happen. All right, we're going to take a short break here and come back and finish up a few more questions as well as give you my final prediction for the first round tonight in the NFL draft for our Miami Dolphins. This is the draft preview episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. You guys know that LockedOnDolphins.com is going to have a comprehensive piece live on the website tonight, as well as an immediate podcast after the draft concludes, talking about Miami's first round, previewing day two of the draft, and of course, on the website, we'll have coaches' quotes, teammates' quotes, finding out everything you need to know about the newest Miami Dolphin, film study, analytics, athletic testing, everything you want to find out up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And with that, let's go ahead and get into this next segment before we return to the Twitter mailbag, talking about the headlines that I want to see, that I think we'll see, that I hope we do not see. I tweeted about it, so you guys might already know this, but what I want to see is this. Chris Greer bets Miami Dolphins' future on Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray. Of course, in order for this to happen, the Cardinals are going to have to pass on him with the first pick, and that's when chaos ensues. I think the Niners at that point will get out. Will it be Oakland? Will it be Miami? Will it be Washington, Cincinnati, New York? Who's it going to be that comes up to get Kyler Murray? For me, if the Dolphins do that, this entire draft, this entire offseason is a win. The headline that I think we're going to see is this. Trade down Nets Miami, another Friday pick. Talking about them picking up an extra second or third round pick via a trade back. Not sure who that first round pick would be right there, but I feel pretty confident that Miami will find a trade partner to go ahead and get down in the first round. And the headline I hope we do not see, Dolphins draft quarterback, enter name here, not named Kyler Murray. 
I'm really just not interested in any of the quarterbacks that are available outside of Murray because right now I think the goal is to find your long-term franchise answer in 2020. And the only guy I see that gives you that right now is Murray. Haskins, I think, has the best chance next after that to be that guy. And I truly believe that he's the one guy available right now today that would actually be an upgrade over what Ryan Fitzpatrick is right now at this stage of his career. But even still... Man, I wanted to like Dwayne Haskins so bad, but I watch his film and I think at best I see a guy who could be like the 10th best quarterback in the league. That's if he reaches his ceiling because right now he's kind of an unknown with how much more he has to grow and to learn and he has the mental makeup and the desire to do it. Now his conditioning is another thing as he was kind of huffing and puffing at his pro day, but I know that he's sharp on the whiteboard and that's why I give him a chance above the others. I think that Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, I put Josh Rosen in here as well. I do not see any of those guys being better than what Ryan Fitzpatrick is this year. So maybe it's good because it puts you in a position where those guys can maybe take you to the first overall pick and take you to Tua Tungavailoa. Maybe that's the case. But even then, you wasted a first round draft pick on Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or maybe even the third round pick on Josh Rosen, who to me is not that impressive of a player coming out of college. He was a bit of a disappointment at UCLA. He was a disappointment last year for the Cardinals and he played poorly in his rookie season. So the headline I don't want to see is the Dolphins acquiring a quarterback of any type tomorrow or even on day number two. Let's go ahead and get back into this Twitter mailbag before I give you the final thought on this draft class. This question comes in from Job Green. He is at Jobber73. What's a greater need, a tackle or a guard? You can go either way, man, because Jesse Davis can play tackle or guard. I know he's not the best option right now based on what his film was last year, but I think either way... Each of those guys is going to be a 1,000 snap taker if they stay healthy. And Miami with Chris Reed, I think, has potential for a good guard in him at tackle with Zach Stirrup. That That's nothing. That's a black hole at that position. So I'll say tackle for now, though I think both are pretty much equally huge needs for this team going forward. This next question here comes in from... Will, he is at underscore Will Reeves underscore. Considering the medical red flags recently raised, would you take Rashawn Gary if we traded back into the 20s? Could fit into the idea of tanking if we let him have surgery early. That would be just like Jeffrey Simmons in that case. I get that idea and that thinking, but Rashawn Gary didn't produce enough up to his level of athletic ability and physical traits for me to even feel good about him as a prospect. I think he's a good player, but I also think he has high bust potential. And I just think there's better options out there. And he was outplayed by Chase Winovich. So I'd rather go in that direction. For me, I'm a hard pass on Rashawn Gary. Let's do one more here. It comes in from Neil Bear at Lickumstickum99. Why do some people consider Daniel Jones a first round pick? I mean, he's not even worth a six in my opinion. Dude, I've been saying that for a long time now. I put his tape on back in December and I said, what the hell is everybody seeing with this guy? You know on TED Talks when they have that red circular carpet on the stage for the for the presenter? He needs like one of those to set up his throws down the field because he has to make up for the lack of arm strength by putting every mechanical faction into his throwing motion to get that ball down the field. He doesn't sense pressure around him very well. He doesn't throw from pressure. And Josh Allen got a lot of crap last year for having poor accuracy metrics. Daniel Jones has never been accurate in college football. He's not going to improve that in the NFL. I think he's a just... It blows my mind. I'll put it that way. It blows my mind that he is thought of where he is right now. Let's do one more here. Actually, you know what? We got two more. 
Fuck it. Let's just do two of these. This one comes from Nick Lutters. He is at nlude33. How would past drafts have looked if they just took best player available from a draft pundit when it come, when their pick comes up? Talking about Daniel Jeremiah or Mike Mayock. Well, they basically did with Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunzel, although I would still say Derwin James was the better option there. I still believe that. I thought he was the best player in that entire draft class, but I think that's the best way you should do it. Take the best player on the board and just worry about needs later because needs are so fluid and they change every single year. Last one here comes from Who's Your Daddy at Trifected. Your Pro Bowl picks for Miami in the first round. Who are the players who can be all pros and add to collecting of building blocks in Laramie Tunzel, Xavier Howard, and Minka Fitzpatrick? It's tough to say individually, but I think that the main thing you have to have here, and I'm not going to give you a name because it's just too hard to predict, but I think the thing you have to realize is having a plan for that particular player, and that's why on the offensive line, it's easier to get guys that that can produce because there's really not much of a scheme change. You know a zone guy or a man gap guy when you see it. On defense, though, like a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you already have a great compliment to him and Minka Fitzpatrick and a guy that can help him be interchangeable and help free him up to do things and that's the mode of thinking when it comes to drafting these guys add complimentary parts to your football team and most of the things are going to work out for you in the long term a fantastic mailbag I'm kicking around the idea of doing a live hit on Twitter a live video with your questions coming in if you guys want to see that let me know on Twitter let's finish this thing up and talk about how I think this draft is going to go tonight what I want to happen, and this is outside of Kyler Murray, I'm going to put that on the back burner. I know it's not going to happen. What I want to happen is to trade back into the 20s and to draft Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's my first option. My second option, my second flavor is Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State, the safety. You guys know this by now. Picking up an additional second, maybe a third round pick, maybe a pick in 2020, and then going out and getting the perfect complimentary partner to Minka Fitzpatrick and making the secondary easy. Elite. That's what I want to happen tonight. What I think happens tonight, still a trade down, and I think they'll select somebody in the trenches. Chase Winovich, Christian Wilkins, Chris Lindstrom, Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bradbury. I think that's the list of guys they'll go off of. That's it. That's all. That is the draft special. Again, we're going to be back later tonight with another podcast recapping the first round of this draft as well as a preview of day number two, and we'll do it all over again on Friday and Saturday. You're not going to miss a single day of the Locked On Dolphins podcast this entire weekend. And if you guys have a smart speaker in your car, in your house, or otherwise, you can tell the podcast to pull up the Locked On Dolphins podcast right away and get your daily dose, your daily fix of Miami Dolphins football. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. Have a great draft day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a day two preview, a round one recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up, guys.